welcome to Enjoy the Crystal Skull, an epic adventure into the world of mediocrity. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And, oh boy, so uh, let's bring everyone up to speed who basically haven't been caught up with this. So, um, this month, or, you know, the month and a half, I guess we could say at this point, was supposed to be Keanu Reeves month to uh, celebrate the fact that, uh, you know, the uh, the, the next uh, Matrix, sorry, the next... Uh, 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 John Wick. John Wick movies come out, yeah, sorry, I only said Matrix. Well, the, the reason I nearly said Matrix is because uh, what we were originally going to do for the finale for Keanu Reeves month is do a versus between uh, the Matrix Revolutions and the Matrix Resurrected. Uh, though the problem is, is that so the Matrix Resurrections, uh, unfortunately, is a premium rate right now for renting, which uh, we didn't want to pay for. So um, we had a choice: either we did pay the money, or we well, we watched a movie that we had on streaming for free, which was so what we're going to talk about, which is uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Sponge on the Run, and. Uh, we're now starting to regret that decision, because, good grief, <laughs> this is, has to be, the worst self-indulgent, you know, money-grabbing thing that we've ever had the misfortune to visit. Yeah. Uh, now, now, here's the thing. Like, we kind of had this assumption that this was going to be this way, because we've heard from a lot of our reviewing colleagues like Saber Spark and various other people that this was just basically like, oh, we're going to have this movie to basically do a... Um, a preview of what was to come and that was the Camp Coral TV series and we were like okay well you know there have been cases in which like a movie would promote the show but man we did not expect this to go as bad as we thought it was gonna be okay <laughs> it turned so out to be we thought let's just give the basic story so basically it's spongebob and patrick go on an adventure to go save gary who has been kidnapped uh by uh king Pre well first of all kicked out by plankton to go steal the crab again you know like, again uh, yeah not seen that before and uh then you know so spongebob and patrick go on another adventure to uh the lost uh, atlantic city of atlantic city you know what a terrible pun and uh, they get into all sorts of crazy hijinks in there. Pretty much typical SpongeBob SquarePants stuff that we you you've seen since the nineties. Like you know, there, there's yes. there, there's no this is the thing. There, there's nothing here that I could describe to you that you probably haven't seen before, except for the fact that this it shows like some stuff from Camp Coral, which now ends up being kind of like you know a show in itself, pretty much. And so. Um, the first thing I would say is that, uh, I mean, if you really want to know what the Keanu Reeves part of this review is, is that uh, he plays a character called Sage, who is this uh, spirit guide that is literally just like a ball of sage. Uh, and uh, he has this, like, a kind of like a Jesus-like glow around him, uh, for some strange reason, I have no idea. But, uh, he basically guides, well, guides, quote-unquote, Spongebob and, uh, Patrick on their journey. But, in the first instance, they pay no attention to him, and uh, then they ignore everything that he says, and they get into all this uh, stupid trouble, and Keanu Reeves, unfortunately, ends up being kind of irrelevant in this movie, so it's in some way, shape, or form, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, he is uh, basically being relegated to, like, not even being a supported character, he basically kind of just turns up when, I guess, when Nickelodeon decides to pay him enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, he just kind of shows up when it's convenient to the plot. Yeah, like, it's just, what a waste of Keanu Reeves. 
Yeah, like, I mean, throughout this entire month, Keanu Reeves has either been, one, the, uh, you know, drug-induced cop who's trying to figure out if his roommates were the ones who were distributing the drugs, or B, the leader slash villain of an underground fighting club, or the chosen one, or maybe he's not the chosen one. I don't know. The Matrix is confusing. So, yeah, we have now a rolling tumbleweed who is helping SpongeBob and Patrick find Gary, who was brought in by Plankton to basically use him as a face cream so that he can stay forever young. Because let's let's do that. Let's let's add a little bit of, um, you know, kind of like a take on you know, classic mythology where you have characters who are just obsessed with their youth and who feel like if they're just getting a slight wrinkle that they're getting old or whatever, which by the way, I mean, the whole King Poseidon, King Neptune thing is confusing considering that we've already had a King Neptune in the TV series. We had King Neptune in the first SpongeBob movie and they're nothing alike. So which is it? Is it King Neptune? Is it King Poseidon? At this point, and this is going to be the first out of many things, they clearly did not care about continuity. Well, the only thing I can think of, like, because, you know, th this movie apparently was supposed to be a sequel to, like, all the other SpongeBob movies. So that's my understanding of it. But it looks like they completely rewrite the show. From the looks yeah. of this, like this is like a complete. You know, they've basically wiped away. This is like a Mortal Kombat situation. They completely wiped away any of the previous story and started over again, effectively. Unless they have to reference DC, which obviously it's, it's SpongeBob, so obviously there's no re reference of DC. But I mean, like, uh, it's just so. Um, it's in any way like if you're a SpongeBob fan, like this is like you know an unforgivable sin. In a way, like, if they said, okay, this movie is going to be the start of a whole new Spongebob-like era, like, you know, like a, a complete reboot of the story, I'd accept that, but, uh, I mean, is this what it's supposed to be? Or, like, is it supposed to be, like, a, you know, a Spongebob movie that carries on from, like, the other movies? Like, I'm just, uh, I'm confused. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of references to, like, previous SpongeBob episodes. There's a lot of Easter eggs and callbacks to classic SpongeBob moments. So, in a way, it's not. I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of feels like how they were trying to give justification on Shrek Forever After. It's like, oh, this is supposed to be, like, a swan song to the Shrek franchise. And we're going to basically reference ourselves. So, is that the case yeah, for you SpongeBob? Know what? I, I would prefer that story, to be honest with you. Like, I and I do it like it's a wonderful life situation where it's like, what if SpongeBob was not in our lives? And basically, like, you know, SpongeBob then has to like fight for his existence again. You know? Yeah, like well they already had a spon they already had a SpongeBob special like that, and it was uh not very good where SpongeBob was feeling unappreciative, he runs away, and then everybody remembers about what a great character SpongeBob was, but then it turns out he has amnesia and he thinks that he's the mayor of a city and his friends are trying to convince him otherwise. Oh so my yeah, God. there's, are there's you already Are you telling me they did Muppets Made Manhattan and turned it into a SpongeBob yeah. special? Yes. Oh my god. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it, Spongebob has been around for so long that it has pretty much written every single story under the book, and it would rewrite stories making it look like they haven't been done before. Like this, for example, Sponge on the Run. If you've ever seen the Spongebob episode Gary Come Home, it's kind of similar, in which Spongebob and Patrick have to find Gary, and um, Gary's in a predicament where he needs to be able to escape, and... In, and SpongeBob and Patrick have to be able to, you know, 
try to see if they can find him right before it's too late. With the exception of the difference being that Gary actually ran away because he wasn't being fed by SpongeBob, and then an old lady takes him in and takes care of him, when in reality, she's trying to fatten him up so that, you know, she can eat him. Well, in this case, we have Plankton, who wants to get rid of Gary so that he can have an easier time of getting rid of SpongeBob so that he can steal the secret formula because all of his other plans didn't work out. Even we joked about it saying like, oh, you know, this is plan 3000 or something. And we were like, well, I guess at this point in time, he already ran out of letters. So it's like, okay, now he has to resort to doing numbers. So yeah, once again, Plankton is being the villain of this story trying to steal the secret formula for the Krabby Patty and in order for him to do that he's gonna do something involving with King Neptune or King Poseidon or whatever, whatever. they already did this in the first movie yeah just like you know the, the, this uh, the King what's his face you know it's just it's uh uh, and also, they, they couldn't even keep the continuity of the fact that he, his, he keeps his, like, plans, like, lettered and stuff like that. They couldn't even keep that continuity. Uh, I mean, to be that. fair, I mean, what goes after Z? Nothing. No. So I guess it's like, well, you have to you resort know, a, to a, a, B, A, B, C, you know, anything like that. But, you know, like, uh, um, it's just, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, I've got to be honest, like, the, this movie is so, like, this has to be probably the worst movie we've seen in, in, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, sorry, in Search of the Crystal Skull, and that, that's, that's saying something. <laughs> Isn't it? Wow. I mean, to be fair, we've seen our fair share of me mediocrity. I mean, we weren't really too keen on Be Kind Rewind in some parts. Strange World was just um, a bunch of wasted potential. And yeah, there were some things about but, but, uh, but, fans but those movies didn't really commit any crimes. Can you say like no, they this, didn't? This, this this movie is so it, it, it kind of feels like you know we have this whole debate over artificial intelligence at the moment. Like so, yeah, somewhere down the line, it's going to be like writing movies and like you know doing cartoon shows and stuff like that. Doesn't this yeah. feel like artificial intelligence? Like it doesn't feel like a human wrote this. In a way. Well, I feel like this is supposed to be kind of like an attempt of trying to squeeze more of the sponge than what it's worth. I mean, considering that, okay, I, I guess we need to get the elephant out of the room. So this movie was in production when Steven Hillenburg was alive. He was the executive producer of this. And then he died around 2018 due to ALS. And you would think that, oh, you know, the most... Um, generous and most, you know, respectful thing to do would be to follow in his wishes, which was to never do any continuations of SpongeBob with spin-off series and prequels and sequels and all that kind of stuff. He wanted to keep it self-contained. But nope, the moment that he died, we have all of these announcements that they're going to be doing more sequels and spin-offs of SpongeBob. Since then, we have Camp Coral, we have the Patrick Star show, we're going to be getting a new movie featuring Sandy, and she's going to have her own spin off series we're gonna get a squidward spin-off series so yeah spongebob is not going away anytime soon and this was the seed that kind of planted all that where from the very beginning of this project we knew that this was supposed to be a push for the camp coral series and we saw this even within like the trailers when spongebob and gary first met and then throughout this entire movie we saw the introduction of how spongebob met plankton spongebob met sandy spongebob met Pat Patrick and Spongebob met Mr. Krabs and Mrs. Puff and Larry and we were like okay they all met at camp that doesn't make any sense Spongebob and Sandy met when they were adults in the second episode 
SpongeBob and Patrick have known each other since they were babies. And SpongeBob and Squidward, I mean, they've known each other for a long time, but, you know, they've been next door neighbors. They even work at the Krusty Krab. SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs met literally when SpongeBob worked at the Krusty Krab. And then there was this whole other subplot involving with, like, the, the Krusty Krab shutting down because SpongeBob is gone. I mean, here's the thing. They've already had other employees even before SpongeBob running the Krusty Krab. Did anybody forget Jim? I guess that, you know, we're, we're trying to put the emphasis on how important SpongeBob is. And, you know, that's great. But unfortunately, it just feels really self-indulgent. I mean, like, and they had the audacity to put at the very end of the movie in memory of Stephen Hillenburg. That's just insulting. I'm it sorry. is very insulting. It's just really, yeah, it really is. And like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, you know, he created uh, so, such a phenomenon for Nickelodeon. And uh, to be honest with you, if this is how they pay him back for all his hard work and everything that he's put, he's put it put into over these, uh, you know, all this, all this time for SpongeBob SquarePants, I think it's just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I really am. Like, you and I came away from this movie feeling like, oh, this is. Uh, you know, uh, I, I can't believe, you know, literally, we've never really done an episode of Crystal Skull where, you know, we've immediately come off a movie and it's like, oh no, we have to seriously, like, you know, react in the moment because, like, we are so, you know, we can't believe this movie exists in a way. Yeah, usually whenever that we do Crystal Skull, we usually maybe, like, wait about a few hours or maybe even a day or two so we can, like, let our thoughts sink in, but by the moment that the credits started rolling, we were like, we have to do this immediately because we were just really shocked about what we saw in the final product. You know, Patrick is the worst character in the movie, I think. Is like, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would give it credit, he's not as bad as what he was in the second movie. No, no, seriously. I, I, well, in this, in this movie, I mean, here's the thing, like, let's treat this movie like, you know, it's a self-contained thing. Like, you know, you don't have to, like, know any of, like, you know, the backstory of, like, Spongebob or anything like that. Let's treat it, like, uh, as, as this thing in. Patrick is the worst character. In, in, yeah. In this movie. Okay. Yeah. As as its own thing, yes. Patrick is still the worst character in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there was like a whole bunch of pointless moments where they were like arguing with each other, and then there was this whole Patrick thing about like, great, he creates angst out of nothing. Like you know, yeah. like say 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 you know, we're back. I know everyone keeps going on us. Like you know, we talk about the Owl House all the freaking time because well, one, it's a really great show. Two, it has well written characters, and three, it has a great great story and great premise. So that's the reason why it gets referenced all the time every time on Old School Lane. But you know, I digress. So I mean, you look at you know what they did with Luz and Amity. You know, in regards to like, and I get it's a girlfriend new kind of thing, not a friendship. So I mean, like, but mind you, you can still somewhat say it's just kind of the same thing. There was an episode in the show where. They did the uh, you know the, they did the brawl you know and uh, they built up like you know the tension between you know uh, Luz and Amity because Luz was obviously feeling bad about the fact that it, it was that her her dad had passed away you know on that day and you know uh, as part of like the uh, the anniversary uh, story that they were going on and she wouldn't tell Amity about it and uh, obviously Amity was getting frustrated with the fact that her dad you know looks you know you know so, so doesn't want to like doing the brawl and wants to join the Empress Coven and uh, then obviously there's tension that goes on between that. And they build that, that attention up in that episode of the Owl House really well, to the point where, you know, uh, it really makes sense when they finally rekindle, you know, under the tree and everything like that. That's so it's only acts very well. Patrick just makes nonsense out of, uh, you know, out of nothing and basically just creates an entire scene for no reason whatsoever. And on top of that, like, you, he tries to throw him under the bus in the final movie just for a laugh, which I think is just, yeah. which, which is, is BS. 
Like it's just like he, you know, um, Patrick Star is like you know he he he's nearly getting to DW levels of like terrible. He really is. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, and then, by the oh, way, there's, there's, an, there's an entire series called FUDW uh, on on YouTube. Shout out to whoever does that series, by the way. But so uh, you know, like uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's going to get to the point where I think they're going to do like a new an FU Patrick Star, you know, uh, you know, uh, series at some point. Like all the terrible things that he's done. Uh, I wouldn't uh, be surprised uh, if somebody's already done that. Um, someone's working on it. I guarantee you. that's going to be the next money spinner for his for a YouTube channel. But uh, sure. good grief. Like uh, all yeah. right, so yeah, let's let's get into the story, shall we? So it What's opens up like a <laughs> well, I mean, like he's, Gary gets kidnapped, and with the help of um, you know, uh, the uh, of um, uh, Plankton, Plankton, and uh, then you know, um, he gets captured by King Poseidon, who uses his uh, you know, uh, his the uh, snail goo for like you know fixing his face and shit. And, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, and then, um, Pat, Pat, Pat go over to Atlantic City, they basically have a drunken, you know, uh, night out, and completely forget everything that's going on, and, uh, Keanu Reeves gets pushed to the side, as, you know, the, um, the, the person who's supposed to be their, like, their guide, spirit guide in all of this, and, uh, then, you know, you get a really weird, like, western kind of thing that, like, gets wedged in the middle, with, uh, Danny Trejo as a, like, zombie leader or something like that, and, uh, then yeah, he Yeah, he's, he's, he's the devil. He is uh, essentially the double. Yeah, and also, well, he's called El Diablo, which, by the way, you know, m- most, you know, villains in pretty much nearly every sort of these kind of movies, he get- gets called El Diablo, so there's no originality there. Also, Danny Trejo dies in this movie, which, you know, doesn't surprise you. Like, you know, Danny Trejo seems to die in every movie that he seems to be in. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, so, uh, they couldn't uh, even be original with that. You know? Yeah, and also, he dies by sunlight, so what is he? Is he the devil or is he Dracula? Because they're two different, completely different characters. He's Danny Trejo. He dies in the movie. That's 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 his thing. Sure, sure. Mm. Why not? And and also Snoop Dogg is in there yeah, doing oh, this that, that, like that major. So, that was so weird, wasn't it? Like, like Snoop Dogg comes out of nowhere. You think you're on drugs when when <laughs> when when you like you. It's just you know, it's supposed to be like this kind of like dream. Like then feels like it's in another dream, and like it's just it's ah, oh, it's just it yeah. Makes so no freaking sense. Yeah, essentially, it's like a dream that SpongeBob and Patrick are in, where they're in this western town, and then they get brought into this saloon. Sage, which is the Keanu Reeves character, tells them that you know you need to be able to do a challenge in order for you to save Gary, and the only way you do that is you have these zombie. Uh, cowboys and they're being overtaken by El Diablo and you need to free them and the only way to do that is to defeat El Diablo and then Snoop Dogg comes in with this song and dance number which um, is weird and then you have El Diablo coming in saying like oh you know I'm going to capture you and then Spongebob and Patrick open the curtains and then he basically turns into dust from the sunlight because you know Dracula and the devil are the same person and then you have this whole you know dust uh, cloud person thing that is trying to chase after Spongebob and Patrick as like the last resort and then they got the courage from Sage in the form of a coin saying you know keep this with you if you ever need the boost of courage it's kind of like when Mindy gave um, Spongebob and Patrick the little mustaches made out of kelp saying hey you know, you guys are men. You you are going to be able to conquer Shell City and get the crown back and all that stuff. So, yeah, it feels very similar to the first movie. You have a Western moment. You have them getting their courage. You have... Um, 
bits and pieces of the original series where Spongebob is trying to find Gary and you have moments in which, you know, Spongebob is gone and then the Krusty Krab falls apart. It's like, it's an amalgamation of a lot of things that we've already seen in previous Spongebob episodes and even the first movie. So, yeah, it, it's just like really weird and there's a lot of pointless moments that just go all over the place. And then finally when we reach over to a, the, the Atlantic City of, a, uh, you know, Atlantic City and then they were just like blown away with all the fun and the gambling and all the food and the colors i was saying to myself are they taking a cue from fern gully 2 in which the fairies who are trying to rescue krista and all of these like little you know creatures that were captured and then they just get overtaken by human society and television and all that stuff it's like you must steep this low if you're going to take a plot point from a 1990s direct-to-video movie based off of a film that was an environmentally friendly film that, you know, some people said was good, others said it was a guilty pleasure, but still, it's like, you're going to take cues from that? Uh, it's, it's just, you know, um, what, what were they thinking? Seriously, what were they I know what they, they were thinking. thinking. I, I know exactly what they were thinking. They want to promote Camp Coral, and they try to do it in just this insulting matter where they're just yeah, removing just, just continuity. Do a, just, do a, just do a Camp Coral movie, then. Like, you know, just, like, uh, forget the whole, like, you know, trying to rewrite the entire SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, saga, if you will. Just concentrate on, like, okay, well, here's this whole brand new concept, and it's going to be the SpongeBob's characters going to camp. Like, you know, and just do that movie, you know? And, like, I'm pretty sure people will go to see it regardless. You know, and then <laughs> oh yeah, the, uh, well, I, I, apparently, according to what it says here on the numbers, it, they didn't exactly do that well. I mean, the budget was sixty million, and they only made four point eight million. So yeah, this thing was a bomb. Oh, can, are you surprised? Well, I mean, to be fair, here's the thing. We knew that this movie was released during the COVID pandemic. And so it wasn't released in theaters at first. It was released in August 14, 2020 in Canada. And then we had to wait almost an entire year for it to be released in the United States. So the only way that you can be able to watch it was online. Oh, right. So I can okay, understand that. Right, so, so yeah, I, I, can I, I didn't realize that. that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, okay. It was released during the pandemic. You had to go on streaming. Then obviously, it wasn't going to do very well in the box office. Okay, then forget that. That's a, that's a, that's an exception rather than the rule. But uh, I mean, um, still, like, even if this, even if we didn't have a you know a deadly plague outside, and you know we had you know the theaters all open, and everything like that, and they they went. I, I got to be honest with you, I I don't see this movie. I mean, like, I could see it doing reasonably well, but like you know, if they knew what they were walking into, good grief. I don't. I don't think they would. Uh, I don't think they would see this movie. I don't think. Yeah, especially since a lot of our um, colleagues and a lot of reviewers online were not very kind to this movie. They just felt it was very manipulative, and it was just basically trying to push on the Camp Coral series, which was literally going to come out like a few months later. Well, put, putting so, Camp Coral aside, I mean, like uh, this movie. I mean, like you and I like watched like the whole like you know dance number they did, or like you know then the testimonials about how great a SpongeBob character SpongeBob SquarePants is. How wonderful he is as a human, you know, as a, as a, as a sponge, human being, as a sponge, I guess. And, you know, where, like, all the wonderful things that he did when he was at Camp Coral and things like that. Like, you know, putting the whole Camp Coral concept aside, this thing is so self-indulgent to, like, you know, put their protagonist so front and center. Like, you know, um, allow him to basically be 
a good character on his own. You don't need you don't need like testimonials. You know, like you know, this isn't what this movie should be about. Yeah, and they kind of already did an episode like that called Best Day Ever in which Spongebob wants to have the best day ever and things are not going his way and he helps others. And then finally, Spongebob is just overwhelmed and then everybody comes up to him and says, hey, you helped me with this thing and you helped me with that thing. Let's make it up to you and let's sing Best Day Ever. So again, they've already done this. But yeah, and like, but on top of that as well, like, of course they, he's going to be a, a good guy and he, you don't need you know, the characters that tell him that. Like, he's Spongebob freaking Squarepants. People have known this for decades. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, there's just a lot of interesting things that they decided to go into the telling of this story. And yeah, like there was just a lot of it that was just baffling. Like there was a lot of scenes that didn't need to be there. There was a lot of moments that we were just like questioning as to why they decided to put it in there. But at the same time, there were one or two genuine moments there were even one or two gags that we thought was pretty funny but yeah it was just like overtaken by everything else i mean i thought like you know when they did like the whole like you know they're all in the suit like trying to fight like uh, you know the guards and everything like that and then they left the other left squidward and that's gonna like you know, fend for himself i thought that was sort of kind of funny but then they ruined it by having him fall out the window and then they did the whole gag of like you know oh we'll catch you we'll catch you and then he falls into the ground anyway like you yeah. know like uh, well i haven't seen that in like the last 100 years <laughs> they do that, that's, that's that's Looney Tunes uh, you know levels of bad, you know. So it's it's, it's, right. a, it's a gag they've has already been done multiple times, you know. And it's like it's just it's uh, uh you know it's you you can tell from how exasperated I am about how frustrated I was watching this. I actually wish I watched the Matrix movie now. I really did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, we wanted to end it off with a versus series with um, Matrix Reloaded versus Matrix Resurrections, but you know, we uh, unfortunately, you know, we weren't able to watch Matrix Resurrections, and then we were like, okay, maybe a SpongeBob movie would be able to be easier to watch, but yeah. no, we just fooled ourselves. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, I guess another thing that we need to talk about is that they actually changed the animation style in this movie. So it went from 2D to 3D. And I would say that it's actually pretty colorful. And I actually like some of the designs of the characters. And I know it was kind of like a a thing that was a bit controversial when they first showed the posters. But I think it was all right. You know, I thought that it was able to definitely bring in SpongeBob into the 21st century. I mean, it was kind of inevitable at this point in which like, you know, you have that like that video game rule in the late 90s in which every character has to go from 2d to 3d and so we knew that spongebob was going to go to 3d eventually and i think it pulled it off pretty okay uh, I, I mean yeah when you look at the you know sponge on the run and then when you look at cam coral it is a severe downgrade but still as a movie i, I think that they were able to do it pretty well I, I think that that's where they put a lot of the money they put it on the screen I just think that, uh, you know, the, the 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 way that the movie looked, I mean, um, it was kind of weird at one point, because it was kind of like uh, disorientating. It was kind of like, am I watching a 3D movie? Am I watching like a stop-motion anime, you know, movie at one point? And uh, it's like, it's uh, it couldn't kind of make up its mind about what it wanted to be, uh, I think, uh, at some points. And, uh, you know, because like, I, I don't know, like, uh, it kind of feels like, you know, there's some like um, Wes Anderson in there a little bit, really, about the way that they kind of like, put, you know, put things together. And then, obviously, it kind of like, it falls back to like, you know, funny enough, it's like, you know, it's kind of into the Spider-Verse kind of like, you know, feel about it. Yeah, I found it weird 
in a way. I mean, like it worked. I'm not saying that it like it. it some weird way, it kind of worked for me. But uh, uh, I just, uh, you know, um, yeah. So like uh, that, that bit, I don't think I I minded too much. And uh, I guess it molded in Keanu Reeves pretty well. I guess uh, maybe when. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's true that um, you know we've seen Keanu Reeves better in other animated stuff. I mean, we talked about Toy Story Four, where he did a really good job as Duke Kaboom. But yeah, as this sage character who's just like saying all of these words of wisdom. I mean, he was all right, but I don't think I could like say, oh yeah, this was a great Keanu Reeves performance. Yeah, and also like you know when he did like my work here is done. It's, it's kind of like yeah, they can't afford to pay him anymore, so they just let him roll out of the scene. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, also and, the, and the, the music the, the, and the oh, music the, cues. The, 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 the music's music all over the place. Were, yeah, yeah, the music is all over the place. Like, I mean, yeah, we we didn't really like pay attention too much about like the other songs that were featured in the other SpongeBob movies, but. Yeah, like this is apparent that they wanted to like put in all of these songs that were like popular 10 or 20 years ago. It's like, why are we putting in Ricky Martin's La Vida Loca in the montage where they're in the casino? I mean, we already had this with Shrek 2 and at least that made sense at the context because one, it came out around the time that that song was really popular. And two, um, you know, they were able to like play around with that scene toward the end of the movie. So yeah, like this whole thing is weird. And there was like my heart will go on with Celine Dion that was referenced a few times. And oh, yeah, that, that that that's been referenced so many times now, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it, was even, <laughs> it was even. Do you remember it was in uh, what, what, what was the uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen movie uh, Bruno? I think it was, yeah, in, Bruno, the, yeah, it was yes. in Bruno. It was in Bruno, and even that was just like no. Yeah, like uh, actually, well, it's no like. Uh, so actually, I will Google it. How many? How many movies? Uh, let's have a look. Uh, how many movies? Has my heart will go on? Um, sorry, it's a, uh, oh, yeah. Well, while you search for that, movies. there were some other cues of the music that just were like really oh, weird. At, at least with the first SpongeBob movie, they were able to actually write some original oh. songs for it, and even in the second movie, they were able to write some original songs for it. I mean, sure, you know, a lot of people do remember Ocean Man, and a lot of people remember some other songs that were featured in previous SpongeBob movies. And, you know, this is SpongeBob we're talking about. SpongeBob has a lot of memorable cues and a lot of memorable music that was featured in there. A lot of them were original. Some of them were even written by Tom Kenny himself. So the fact that they had to implement, like, songs that already existed into a movie and it doesn't fit, that is what really irks me. It's like you couldn't get Tom Kenny to write original songs for this movie, or you couldn't like actually write music that was like um you know exclusive to the movie like you've already done before it's like yeah i i don't understand i i really don't um my heart will go on has uh, appeared in uh, muppets was wanted uh that's okay. one of the movie and it's also appeared in the bruno movie also appeared in yep. uh, various other ones as well like it's just it's uh yeah um you know um actually he has, he has his own imdb uh page would you believe uh, oh, so of course, yeah. new music video, um, but uh, unfortunately, it doesn't get. I, I guarantee you that I, I want somebody to actually make a list of like all the movies that uh, my heart will go on has been has appeared in, and uh, if someone could make that, then uh, you know I think we can probably show show how over how overused that theme is, pretty much at that point. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, the music is bad. the The movie the story is bad, and uh, the characters are bad. And 
Yeah, um, there's really not much. I mean, it's nice and colourful, but uh, so was um, so was uh, you know the those uh, C- Zelda CDI you know uh, uh, <laughs> games. And, uh, You're but, really gonna compare it to that? <laughs> I mean, like, well, 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 that's what's in my mind right now. But uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I couldn't even say it's a tech demo. Like, you know, I usually say like, you know, I complain about you know, like other 3D animated movies because like nothing here is revolutionary. In any way, I would say. I mean, say. it is revolutionary for SpongeBob because it's never been done. It was revolutionary in 3D for SpongeBob, before. like for movies, like you know, in general, like yeah, it's like you know, uh, I think of all the movies of uh, Keanu Reeves, ones, I say, uh, you know, A Scan of Darkly is probably like you know our favorite animated movie out of the, out of the Keanu Reeves movies. I think we yeah, have to say. I would, at least even though that that movie was a bomb, that movie was very ambitious. It was able to take a Philip K. Dick novel about what happens when you know the world has lost its war on drugs, and is able to give it this really unique animation that you know we rarely have ever seen before. And also the fact that it was a Philip K. Dick novel, it was able to treat its audience very seriously with its story about what happens when you're an undercover cop and you yourself get lost to drugs at least that was ambitious it was creative and we praised it for that this on the other hand yes and in terms of like the 3d animation it is ambitious for spongebob but you know 3d animation has already become pretty common at this point in time it's nothing really that special yeah that's exactly like uh, you know like there's other movies like, there's other studios out there that are pretty much leaving uh, you know nickelodeon and also like keep this in mind like you know rango is also still still holds up to this day pretty much yes. in regards to his animation and uh, dare I say I prefer Rango to this movie in regards to his animation yeah and even Tintin was able to take the 3D um, animation in a completely different direction like we never seen Tintin done in 3D and even that was very ambitious yeah exactly so unfortunately there's you know there's other examples of Nickelodeon movies out there unfortunately that'd be more ambitious than this so yeah yeah Oh boy. Okay, I think we've kind of talked this out now. I think at this point. Yeah, we, we need to rank it. Okay, so um, I mean, okay, the animation is you know there, and uh, but you know, in regards to the story, in regards to the characters, in regards to like just everything, I think in this movie, unfortunately, um, it's a three. I think I would say. Wow, a it's three. A, it's a three. I mean, like uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's you know, it'll keep your kids entertained, no doubt, probably, but. I mean, there's, I mean, it's there's there's nothing here for me in regards to a SpongeBob movie in regards to all of this. Like you know, it's just it's um in regards to it's an entity. I'm afraid you know for me it's a three. You know, it's it's the low. It's the it's my, in my opinion, it's the lowest rated you know um, movie on In Search of the Crystal Skull, bar none. <laughs> okay, I probably would go that low. I probably like maybe give it either a. F- 4.5 because I mean yes it's true that it's nowhere near as boring compared to like Strange World but it, it, it frustrated me for multiple reasons which is why I think this is probably like my lowest score that I've ever given in Crystal Skull I'll tell you what I mean, then I'll, sure. I'll, I'll meet you halfway then shall we say 4 I think uh, with 4 okay, be yeah, a fair well, let's score let's do that let's, let's say 4 okay, how about then. that yeah so 4 out of 10 for this movie, yeah, so. I, I and it's and it's true that this is probably not like overly egregious and insulting, but at the same time, if you've followed SpongeBob for a very long time, and also if you've seen SpongeBob, whether it be through you know like throughout the entire series or even the previous movies, it feels very similar to that. And also the fact that this was supposed to be a push for Camp Coral, and the fact. 
fact that they were able to quote unquote pay tribute to Steven Hillenburg when he passed away, it just gives it a whole layer of insult. So, yeah, I think four matches it pretty well. This yeah. is the worst thing that we've seen so far in Crystal Skull. It is. I mean, it is. Like, and also we we've been through like some of like you know the uh, you know we've been for like you know the last unicorn and like you know some of the other like independent produced movies as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, we've been through the last unicorn. We've been through the Princess and the Goblin. Yeah. We've seen Be Kind Rewind. We've seen Strange World. I mean, we've seen our fair share of movies that we were like, okay, that wasn't that great, but at least they were sort of ambitious. At least they were trying to do something a little bit differently. At least they were trying to follow in the original source material of the story. But this. This is a completely different situation. Uh, the one thing I'll this say is- about Strange World, when you're going back to that, is that at least they didn't take the main character and, like, you know, hold him up like on a pedestal and, like, you know, just say how great he was or anything like that. At least they didn't go that far with uh, what was going on. Or, like, you know, they, you know, um, but the way that, you know, um, the, you know, they make Strange World stand out. It's like, they go, oh, there's like some really like, bad and egregious things in it, like, you know, in, in one way, shape, or way, or form. But no, it's just, it's, it ends up being very average, Strange World. SpongeBob is not, is not Strange World by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's worse. Yeah. Well, here's the thing Strange World was like one attempt. This is the third SpongeBob movie, and SpongeBob is still continuing with at least maybe like 13 seasons. So at least with Strange World, it's like one attempt. I doubt that we're going to get sequels or even an animated series on Strange World. It's a one-and-done deal. Disney knows that they failed at this. Well, with SpongeBob, here's the thing. Even though that this movie was a failure in the box office, and we know it was during the COVID pandemic, we get it. But even then, a lot of the people that we know didn't like this movie very much however and i'm gonna say this however they have not stopped with spongebob they're gonna continue on this cash cow camp coral is still going on the patrick star show is still going on they're green lighting another season of spongebob and even to this point the fourth spongebob squarepants movie is going to be coming out in 2025 it's called the spongebob movie search for squarepants so yeah they're still going on with this franchise it's not gonna stop and it, it, it needs a whole new f- fresh coat of paint really it needs a new writer it really does like it's just like whoever, yeah, like, whoever like, exactly like what happened with the Simpsons, for example, where people are starting to praise the Simpsons again in its later seasons, and the reason why is because they actually brought in a new showrunner and they have fresh writers to come in and bring some new life into these characters. They definitely need this for SpongeBob. Oh yeah, they definitely. Well, this this movie, basically, uh, like you know the uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants series. I mean, I mean episodes. I mean, obviously they're they're getting a bit better now, from what I understand from people who watch. I mean, keep this in mind. I've not watched SpongeBob SquarePants years, you know, in regards to that. Like, you know, so I'm I am familiar with like, you know, the concept of SpongeBob SquarePants, but like, you know, like any like the modern like, you know, storylines or like any of the modern like th- things that they've put in recently, I'm not familiar with. I know Patrick's basically becoming like a worse character as those things come along. I mean I'm I'm aware of that too from other people who told me. But uh, in regards to like, you know, where you know, in regards to like you know, SpongeBob SquarePants movies, they 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 need someone else to come in and basically put some new ideas in because right now with like you know the ideas that they got right now, they're not good. You know, that's all I can say. 
Yeah, and they really need to pick themselves up because if not, then SpongeBob is going to go and then Nickelodeon will have nothing to hold itself in because, I mean, the Loud House, even though it's been running for seven years, a lot of people are starting to get tired of it because it's been running over and over and over and over again. We already had the Casa Grandes and that's over. We're going to have the Loud House live action series and it's go it's already greenlit for its second season. <sighs> but from what I've heard online, they're taking the Loud House away from like its main lineup of shows and they're replacing it with other stuff so it's like okay if you're not going to have the Loud House anymore and you're not going to have Spongebob anymore there's nothing that's going to be holding you know people to watching it but I, I know that as long as Nickelodeon makes money as, well, as, as, of the, as of this podcast um, the Rugrats uh, reboot is no longer airing on the main Nickelodeon channel that's right, yeah. We, we just saw, saw that news where they were saying that they're going to remove it from the main channel and they're going to still keep it Paramount Plus exclusive. So it's like, yeah, they, they are writing a lot on nostalgia from their viewers and if nobody's going to come back to it, then Nickelodeon's in severe trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, recently some leaks actually came out from, uh, you know, well, obviously, I'm, I mean, I'm not spoken to Craig uh, about them for those of you who aren't familiar with it, but, uh, you know, uh, there's some leaks did actually come out for the Patakis, and uh, so, which, uh, you know, no one's really, like, I mean, no one has officially commented on them yet, but uh, right now, it has brought back a movement to say, like, you know, we want the Patakis back on air, you know, or at least, uh, you yeah, know, give it give it a chance to, like, you know, having, having a season. At least, so like uh, you know, they've got they've got ideas there that they can play with, and uh, you know, it's like it's not like there's uh, nothing there. Also, I mean, like I mean, it's going to be probably too late now, but you know, obviously there was that modifiers pilot that uh, that was aired, you know, a good couple of years ago. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's ne I'm sorry, that's that's never going to happen. Considering that Chris Riccardi, one of the co-creators, has passed away from an unfortunate surfing accident years ago, and Lynn Naylor, uh, you know, she's focusing on her art career. Yeah, the modifiers is uh, unless there's a miracle it's never coming it's well i mean they could you in the right i mean like uh, they just could get they could say here's, here's you could get a team together and say oh hey like you know well uh, let's give this idea a go at least you know yeah so, but it would kind of kind of feel a little bit bittersweet considering that chris ricardi is not there to help exactly so yeah it, it well, would be no, in no, bad so, taste. So, some, of the, some of the people who weren't originally part of like the rugrats series are no longer there but you know it didn't stop them from making it you know, so like, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the people like uh, Kay Boutelier and Eric Casimiro, who were there in the original series, are there as the executive producers. So, I mean, there are some parts of the original team, but yeah, you're right. There are a oh, so lot look, more. Look, look, look what we're people. talking about right now. Like, you know, Steven Hillberg is no longer with us anymore. Yet they still made this movie and still making SpongeBob stuff. You know? Yeah, but at least they do have some of the original people like Tim Hall and Derek Dreamin and various other people who were there in SpongeBob from the very beginning working on this series. And also, it's complicated. I mean, Let's just say this. It's complicated. Well, anyway, also there's, uh, I mean, there's also the omens, like, you know, some of the uh, people that we uh, complained about for, like, you know, having, like, you know, the worst backstage attitudes and worst backstage, you know, stories, you know, were no longer there I mean, for, like, you know, Ren and Stimpy and also the Loud House itself. So like you know, yeah, that's uh, true. I mean, there have been cases where shows like that they were able to carry on even without their show creator's consent. So fair enough. Yeah. So like, I mean, Nickelodeon. I mean, like, the, here's the thing. Like, you know, they've got uh, you know lots of great ideas that they could pull out of the hat and bring back. I mean, like, I mean, obviously if they said, oh hey, we're gonna bring back Dog. I mean, like, you know, obviously that would kind of give you give you a pause for concern, seeing how like you know that show hasn't really held up as much as like you know all the other shows have. 
But uh, you know, it's just this. Yeah, uh, and, and it's... they'll have to fight tooth and nail with Disney in order for the for them to like do more stuff with Doug. Well, mind you, I mean, actually, I, I thinking about that, I think more likely that you know Nickelodeon will probably end up getting bought by Disney, and then obviously we you know they'll they'll make they'll make SpongeBob SquarePants episodes, and then probably do the occasional Nickelodeon series, maybe. I think that's oh yeah, we, we even talked about that in Aaron and Patricia in the past, in which we're, we were like, yeah, eventually if um, you know Viacom and Nickelodeon is not able to stand on its own, they're probably going to get bought by Disney, and then you know all that stuff is going to be featured in the theme parks. It's like you know SpongeBob is going to be alongside with Mickey Mouse, and it'll be like a fever dream. Oh yeah, like I mean, well, I mean, didn't you, didn't you, you and I have spoken in the past. I mean, we're getting way beyond you know we're Crystal Skull now, but you know I've spoken about like you know we, to be fair, we, we, we still, like, we're 90s kids by the way, and we still can't believe. Sometimes we still have to, we can't believe that. Sonic and Mario are still like in the same games sometimes, yeah. like you know, or still in like in the same you know uh, areas, pretty much like Nintendo. So like, yeah, you know. exactly. It's like you know, for all of you kids who are listening, there used to be a time in which Sonic and Mario were rivals because they were on two completely different well, consoles. Well, that's a that's a podcast for another time, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, yeah, well, technically we already did the podcast. We, if you want to listen to the Sega Genesis podcast, we already did it. So go check that out. We've already talked about Sonic many times. We have a playlist on Sonic the Hedgehog. Go check it out. We have a Mario podcast. Go check that out too. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the point is, is that. SpongeBob, I think you need an intervention. Yeah. I think we need to sit down and we need to like look at where your life is right now because if it's reflected on what's happening, I think you need a break. I think you need to like let the other TV series that are going on right now like Big Nate and various others have their time in the spotlight. I think that maybe if you just like aired a little bit less, I think that maybe that'll maybe justify some people saying that Nickelodeon is not just the SpongeBob network and could actually like give other shows that are just as good opportunities. Otherwise, we're going to end up in a situation in which like other great potential shows that could have been, you know, just as big as SpongeBob you know, could have, like, met the standards, but, you know, because it didn't do well in its first season, it's like, we're just gonna shove it into the Nicktoons network, and then we're gonna just gonna let you die in its second season. I'm looking at you, Harvey Beaks. Yeah. But... Anyway, yeah. I think I think maybe we should start wrapping it up. So yeah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, a uh, four out of ten. Don't watch this movie. If you want to watch a good SpongeBob movie, watch the first one. Okay. Anyway, that's uh, it for now for In Search of the Crystal Skull. We will be moving on with a new podcast series uh, coming up soon. We'll make some more announcements about that. But until then, uh, take care and bye for now. See you later.